You're listening to The No Name Photo Show, the podcast dedicated to lively conversations about the creativity, business, and technology of photography. I'm your host, Brian Matias. Let's chat. All right. Welcome to episode 44 of The No Name Photo Show. I am Brian Matias. And so originally, I was going to do this episode solo. That's something that's going to be more common. And if you aren't aware, just check out episode 43, our last episode. Sharky and I kind of go into detail about, you know, the future of the show. And he's going to be focusing more on the Petapixel Photography Podcast. I'm going to be focusing on No Name Photo Show. He will definitely be back on. So again, like I said, I was going to be doing this solo uh, just because one, I think it's it's just something that I've been very interested in to kind of just share thoughts, stream of consciousness, but also because without a regular co-host, you kind of want to be used to that, right? So the other day I was driving home, met up with some friends, and that day I had a new F-Stoppers article published, uh, and it was about the Squarespace announced that they were partnering with Unsplash. Sharky and I covered this extensively in episode 43. And I thought it was such a, you know, such an important topic that I wrote an article for it on F-Stoppers and, you know, commenters came out and everyone had their opinion. The thing is, my buddy, Dan, he uses Squarespace as his photo host. So I wanted to get his opinion because, you know, I, I, I've never used it. So other than just kind of the face value implications, I didn't have a frame of reference. And we started chatting and the conversation got really, really good to the point where I was like, you know what, forget going solo for this episode it, because Dan is local. Uh, I am like, hey, do you want to come on and be a, you know, not only a guest, but actually our first in-studio guest? So with that, what I'd like to do is welcome my very good friend and very talented photographer, Dan Hawk. Dan, tell people a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Brian. Um, so first of all, I have to tell everybody that Brian's studio is uh, pretty amazing, and we were admiring uh, the he has prints in here that kind of blow my mind. So that's it's kind of fun uh, that and there's an awful lot of toys in this place. Um, Brian's quite the collector. Uh, okay, so uh, thank you so much. First of all, uh, so I'm a photographer. Obviously, um, I live here in Portland, have for many years, and I kind of had to have two sides to my photography. Um, one, uh, I'm a landscape photographer. I've been doing that for quite a few years. It's something that I got into, um, you know, kind of almost by accident. I, I started uh, taking photos with my iPhone, the iPhone 4, and it I just kind of got hooked. And while I had shot a lot of film when I was younger, um, I had kind of walked away from photography as a hobby. Um, the iPhone dragged me back in. Um, I got addicted. And long story short, I spent a lot of time... Uh, treating it as a hobby, taking pictures during my bike commute when I was a uh, banker working in the corporate world. And then a little over uh, two years ago, probably nearly three years ago, I left my corporate banking job and I started doing photography full-time, but not landscape photography. I'm actually a commercial and business photographer. I do a lot of uh, working with brands to uh, take photos that they use for their social media and for their websites. Uh, and then I also do a lot of headshots and portrait work. Um, and then you kind of sprinkle in as a commercial photographer, you do a lot of product. I'll, I'll end up doing event photography. But the if I were to kind of distill down what my primary client 
wants from me. It's generally uh, businesses and entrepreneurs hire me to take photos of them doing what they do, uh, taking pictures of their business, them with their clients, them in their space. I have pitched it in the past as uh, this is custom stock photography. It's the kind of photography that you might you might buy stock uh, for, stock photography for stock images. You might use those. Um, this takes the place of that, and it's custom because it's these it's their real people in their real place with their real customers. Um, and I've had some great success there. It's been a lot of fun. So that's that's kind of my what my background is, and then just in terms of uh, just kind of art in general. I've, I've been an artist of some sort for years and years and years. Um, it was music for a long time <laughs> and then photography kind of, kind of became my creative outlet. Awesome. And, and I, I've, that's a, a whole separate topic that I, I've wanted to dive deep and maybe we can do that on another episode in terms of, yeah, like for me, I was never an artist before being a photographer. I'd always fashioned myself to try. I tried to, I wanted to learn how to play the piano when I was younger but I had such a poor attention span. It's not that my parents wouldn't give me the opportunity, but I wanted to try magic. So they sent me to like magic classes and I gave that up. And then the rocket building and gave that up. So I do, I would love to explore more kind of, uh, you know, creatives, especially in the photography space who come from other backgrounds. But that's another episode. Well, so, okay, you, you talk about your business. Forget about the landscape stuff because we've talked about that a trillion times. The commercial side of things is what I'm very interested in, especially since you kind of call it custom stock, which does tie very well into this whole story with Squarespace and Unsplash. Before we go into that, let's just to refresh super quickly, 30,000 foot view, what this, what I'm even talking about. Squarespace, very big, very, very, you know, I don't want to say wealthy, but they make a lot of money. Uh, they, they are an online kind of web, not a host, like, oh, I guess they are a host, but they allow you to build websites, beautiful websites with an easy graphical uh, builder. So you can kind of customize how the site looks and, you know, whether it's a photo portfolio or an online store or whatever it is, you can use Squarespace. It's kind of like WordPress or some other sites. Uh, and then there's Unsplash and Unsplash is a I guess the, they call themselves kind of a, a stock site, stock portfolio site. But their thing is photographers who upload their photos to Unsplash do so, and they give up their copyright to their photos completely. Meaning if I upload a photo there, uh, that photo is completely free for anyone to use however they see fit. And so this obviously, this is not a disruptive move. I, I call this a destructive move. I don't believe that anything free uh, and I'm talking about free because the 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 photographer doesn't get a penny, uh, and Unsplash actually does make a profit, which we can talk about there. You can't that that is not sustainable. That is never a sustainable market. I'm going to link to the F Stoppers article that I talked about in the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com just so you can read it. I dive into this. It's not about Unsplash. It's specifically about this partnership. So Dan, you are a an, a Squarespace customer, right? How long have you been with them? Uh, I think it's been about five years or so. I, I'm the type of, I think like a lot of people who are, who do this sort of thing, I have, I'm a bit dangerous with CSS and HTML. Um, I've, I've actually built out my own site before. Um, I've used WordPress and I think my last version before I switched to Squarespace was probably, it was a WordPress installation. And then I, and then I migrated it over and I think it's been about five years. 
and and I actually have two Squarespace sites that are kind of it's kind of it's a little tricky, but they're kind of connected to each other. Um, so my danhawk.com and danhawkphotography.com, and I've been uh, just kind of cranking away on those for a few years. I'm pretty adept with Squarespace just when you when you are using something to make your own tool <laughs> to make your own site you get pretty you get pretty good at all the little tools but yeah about 5 years and so how how important is your squarespace site to your business you know for, with what i do i think most of my clients i find most of my clients through introductions and relationships and word of mouth it's very rare that clients find me just on the web and then just contact me out of the blue. And it's mainly because what I offer is not a, it's not an easy little commodity. It's not an easy commodity that has just a set price. So almost every hire requires a, you know, a bid, a proposal, um, an estimate with a scope of work. Because of that, it's maybe maybe one to two percent of my entire business comes directly from web traffic. So to that end, then when you saw this, the news, you know, when Squarespace made their blog post, it was uh, about a week and a half ago on a Friday, right? The Friday before Thanksgiving week, uh, very kind of subtly posted. How like what was your thought? Especially because you're a paying Squarespace customer. Squarespace does not have free accounts but they're opening up Unsplash, which is, again, a, a stock site that allows you to download whatever, 750,000 plus photos, and there are some really good ones for free. So uh, what did you think about that? Well, I first of all, I'm pretty familiar with Unsplash. I uploaded a few photos kind of right when they first launched, and, and I've had a few up there. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar there. And my initial thought it was just kind of a head scratcher and the way that i heard about it was i actually saw david hobby's tweet uh, when he was replying directly to squarespace and then i looked through the comment thread which was you know pretty interesting and basically my initial my initial thought was this seems really weird because i'm a professional photographer and i sell my services and my imagery to clients to use on their websites Squarespace is a paid platform. There is no free option aside from the first uh, trial section, the, tr the trial period. It seems weird to me that they would give away the thing that I charge my clients for. I don't know a better way to put it than that. I pay them money to build my website and to advertise what I do to the world. And then they are giving away the thing that I charge for. And it seems it just seems really weird to me uh, right off the bat. Um, I had actually stopped uploading things to to Unsplash. I'm not sure how long ago, a few months, uh, maybe six, seven, eight months ago, because I I just started feeling uncomfortable with the idea that, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I one of one or two of my photos just started propagating. <laughs> maybe that's the best way to put it. It was all over the internet, used for all kinds of things, and I realized I wasn't comfortable with that. I had thought that it would be kind of fun to put it out there and see what happened and, and share it. It just got used a lot of ways that I wasn't real happy with. So I think that's kind of, that was kind of my initial reaction. I, I don't, I had, I had stepped away from Unsplash. So to see Squarespace start to partner with them was just a little odd. So since that happened, 
do you have you thought about uh you know like have you considered moving somewhere else or is it kind of thing where you're just kind of like gonna brush it off just so that you don't have to disrupt your web presence (laughs) you know that's a really good question i the first day i heard about it and that kind of everything started going i think it was on a friday i just kind of started looking around to see what was out there. And first of all, there's, there's always WordPress. That's, you know, one of the most popular platforms out there. Um, I left WordPress for a reason. Um, and it was because it was just kind of a pain to maintain. I didn't, didn't like having to always kind of stay on top of making sure every single plugin was updated, that sort of thing. But the biggest reason I haven't pulled the trigger is because it took me a long time to build these, my two sites. Um, they're, they're very similar. They kind of look like one site, but putting them together, uploading all the galleries, the SEO for the blog that's on, uh, one of them goes back, I, I, you know, at least five years with Squarespace and another five to six years before that. So I don't want to give that up and there's not a good way to migrate that blog anywhere else. A, A good example is, um, photo shelter doesn't have a blog option. So that's just as much as I could move some of my stuff over there, the blog that's kind of a non-starter. Sure. Okay. So that that all makes sense then. So with that, first of all, I didn't. It's interesting. I didn't know that you had contributed to Unsplash before. In in the previous episode forty three, I, I I mentioned how I I uploaded one photo because I just wanted to see what it was like. So if we're talking about the the fact that you, and you taught you brought this up like you you have your commercial website and you you're paying Squarespace to, to to kind of maintain your brand so that customers your clients can pay you to do something uh so there in a way there's kind of like a value there's some sort of a value there to what you provide but then you see something like unsplash and this is the where the conversation you and I had I, that got really interesting we started talking about the value of a photo not the value of photography but the value of a photo so now we're talking about stock photography for the most part you know, where something like Unsplash, and and people point this out, Unsplash is not the first kind of site to freely give away this kind of content, but they are the ones that are making a a lot of waves, especially because they have such a strong collection of photos. So what are your thoughts? The the way this came up is there was this one comment on the F-Stoppers article that the, the person effectively said something like, well, you know, this is kind of to the effect of this is an inevitability and evolve or die. And I, I, to me, the example that I gave you, Dan, on the phone was like, that, that's kind of like telling a dinosaur as a meteor is coming to hit the earth. Like you better evolve to, to live with an impact blast and then have the sky completely, you know, snuff out the sun. You better evolve or die. Like that's not exactly, you can't say that. Like if, if we brought it to the traditional example of the film photographer going to digital, that's a fair disruption example. You know, digital came out and uh, for so many reasons it took off. And film photographers, you know, if they wanted to stay competitive in this space, really needed to evolve. It's not like that, you know, getting a digital camera would prevent them from doing their work. They just kind of had to relearn something really quickly. So, so what I see here is these contributors to Unsplash. I don't know what, I, w- I really would love to understand, and I have my theories, w- how you can be so cool with giving away the copyright to your photo. So what what are your thoughts there in terms of 
seeing this race to the bottom where where the value of photos is being driven down to like where it's it's nothing it's just a, it's not even a commodity it's like a junk bond or a penny stock okay so because of because of what i do with commercial photography and landscape photography kind of i there are different communities that have a different understanding of and, and they place a different amount of importance on the idea of copyright so what i have found is that in my communities that are that are more around landscape more around the social media sharing instagram facebook those sorts of things um, copyright is something that is people think about it because they don't want to not be credited but it seems like that's about as far as it goes and I, that's not true with some fine art landscape photographers where they are they they pursue it a, a bit more vehemently but then um, there is the commercial photography side of things. And I'll give you an example. So I am on our local board for ASMP, the American Society of Media Photographers here in Portland. Uh, and we just had an event. Uh, and this has been kind of a recurring event where we talk about copyright. We talk about how to register your images. We talk about how to go after or, or how to pursue uh, copyright infringers. Um, and then we also talk about how to turn copyright infringement into actual paid clients. This is the kind of conversation that doesn't happen among landscape or hobbyist or uh, Instagram photographers. And, and simply put, if you have your images registered with the copyright office, you can, you can actually go after infringers um, for a much higher dollar amount. And the really important thing to think about is that while my pictures of pretty places in Oregon as a landscape photographer, those might be used by someone to boost their Instagram account if they wanted to take them and, and not give credit. If somebody takes a, a photo that I take of people in their place of business doing work and uses it to promote their business somewhere else, I'm actually losing out on paid work. That Potentially, that, that could be work that I could actually be paid for. So there's a real difference there. Uh, and it's, it's much more common to see commercial photographers worry about that. The biggest reason why is because they actually get paid to go out and make pictures. It's, it's very different from the idea of going out and taking a picture and then pay, having somebody pay you to buy a print. And, and here's maybe the best way to, to kind of put it out there. If I were going to go sell a print to somebody and you were to think about what the value of that image is, if I just gave them the image for free, they could go print it, let's say a 16 by 24 image, and they could go print that at a discount online place for probably $30 or $40 uh, on you know kind of just regular basic paper. When I go out and sell that image, it's probably going to sell for more, more like three to $400, depending on the image, depending on how many of them are out there, like if it's a limited edition, those sorts of things. But when I go and I license those same sorts of images to a client, the, the licensing cost may be two or three times that of what, it would, what I would charge for a fine art print. So, so copyright becomes a much bigger deal there. And commercial photographers, therefore, get pretty, pretty worked up about it because it cuts into the livelihood. That's, that is literally how they make money going forward. They license it to individual businesses or individuals that want to promote something they do. And yeah, you can kind of understand why they get worked up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I love the point you made about 
it's it's it it's hard. You know, it's kind of one of those things that when you hear it, I was listening, watching you listening, and when you made this point, I, I actually like, yeah, I nodded my head. Where in the landscape side of things, when when you look at that, you know, when when you go online, yeah, there are there are a fair share of kind of the lifestyle photo- commercial photographers. There, they share some of their work, but predominantly, at least the people that I see, and obviously because I, I primarily follow are landscape people and throughout it all you know i i know a lot of landscape photographers and the the idea of like copyright never comes up but the idea of making sure that you are properly credited is such a good point it's such an interesting distinction that i never really thought about so that's a that's a very fair point and hey let me let me interject with something i actually have quite a few clients that i work with where it actually hurts them to credit me because it takes the focus away from their brand. And if, I mean, this is kind of stupid. This is getting kind of nitpicky about things, but if they tag me on Facebook, it limits the reach of the post, (laughs) which seems really, really weird. But in, in a lot of cases, I actually tell them you have paid me. You've, we've licensed this image. You don't need to credit me. Um, getting paid is enough. And sometimes they want to do it out of their, out of the goodness of their heart. And that's great, but I don't need to be credited for commercial imagery. That's, they paid me for it. It serves their brand. It does not serve my brand. And I think that's a fundamental difference. Whereas on Instagram, if somebody wants to share my landscape image, well, they're not paying me for it. And by them sharing it and tagging me and, and giving me credit, well, that brings more people to me. You would think. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope. <laughs> I think when you get a really, when you get a really great share from somebody who's way more important than you are, <laughs> you might end up with uh, a few extra followers, a few extra likes. But uh, I think that's a fundamental difference. I, th- I think it's good to understand is that commercial photography is different because you don't necessarily get credit. You know, if you're driving down the street and you see a billboard of, um, your local hospital, uh, even when, even our local hospital, OHSU has these billboards up that say the best hospital and the best, best place on earth. And there are pictures of the Northwest from the Portland area. There's no credit on there. There's no credit on that billboard for that landscape photographer. Yeah. I mean, actually to that point, same thing, look at Apple, Apple for the past several years, their iterations of Mac OS have been based on, uh, you know, well now it's Mojave, but before that there was, oh man, there was Yosemite. There Mavericks. was Mavericks, uh, High Sierra, Sierra, and I actually know a few photographers who they're, you, you know, with, with every update, Apple includes some very high quality, high resolution backgrounds that are part of it. And I know two of the photographers for two different releases whose photos are included there. And, you know, they, they told me in confidence what was involved. It's a very strict process, but like you said, it's a very fair point. They were compensated very handsomely, you will never know who took those photo. It's just, there's a photo. You can do whatever you want. Well, I don't think you could do whatever you want with it, but it's there for you to use as your desktop background. If you do a screen recording and it's using one of their photos, they're not entitled to any sort of, uh, you know, damages or, or punitive or otherwise. So that's a good, that's a great, that's a great example. I love that because, uh, yeah, you just, you never get to know who that is, but that that's not the point of it. They don't, they're not doing it for credit. And I think maybe that's maybe that's the real, the real crux of that whole thing. It's to understand that there's a difference between commercial usage and sharing. 
sharing, we want credit. Commercial uses, we don't need credit because we're being paid. And that's this is where Unsplash comes in. So you have, effectively, you have a commercial application, meaning this is a stock site. So unlike a traditional commercial gig where a company hires you for a specific contract, a specific project, and you have a scope, here, you the, the contributor is providing Unsplash with photos that I assume there the I, and I, again wrote this in the article, but I see this as two two camps of people. There are ones who are doing it kind of like you said, like thought it'd be cool to share, put these out there, see what happens. And then there are these other ones who are hoping that the act of sharing this will somehow lead to uh, some like someone. Like, oh wow, that guy's got really good photos. I'm gonna work. You know, I want to get to know him or her better. And to me, that's a very dangerous kind of road to go. And Squarespace makes that point for me because let's say Square, so Square, Squarespace has some major clients. They've got like Keanu Reeves. I know they've, you know, they've got big people and they're saying, all right, whoever, non-photography client, come to Squarespace. Don't worry if you don't have the budget or the time or the skills to get really high quality photos for your website because we, we're going through Unsplash. So these contributors who are giving these photos on hopes that some other person will want to work with them. Squarespace is saying, oh, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry about that. You know, you don't have, I just feel like there's a, there's this huge leap that people are making. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a handful of contributors who have found some sort of success, just like YouTubers found their success when they, when their content went viral for whatever reason. People put stuff on YouTube all the time, completely for free. Very, I, I do it every week. High quality, high value stuff for free to build your brand, to kind of get your name out there for SEO purposes like you touched on. But it always there's always something that's supposed to drive people back to, to me. And there's always nothing, if I'm being completely honest, there's nothing that I do that doesn't have some sort of commercial kind of end game to it. If, if that is, I'm going to put out this, you know, these series of videos weekly, I'm doing that because I want to increase my mind share with you. I want, I want to be towards the top of your mind when you think about topic A, B, or C. Then I want to get you to my website. Then I would love to get you to sign up for my newsletter. Then I can interact with you every week. And then when it's time to, I have a high, you know, some sort of high quality product that I want to sell, I can solicit you for that. Whether you choose to buy it or not, that's up to you. But there's always a business plan involved. I can't imagine with Unsplash that because you have no control, you literally give away your photos. You're giving away your assets. And there's people don't go to Unsplash to learn about you. They go to Unsplash because they have a need for some sort of a photo for whatever reason. They find it, they get it, they're gone. You don't have to credit the person. You don't have to do anything. And so uh, it, it does bother me. And that's we're not even gonna we're not even talking about the implications that it's having for traditional stock photographers. So yeah, I don't I don't know, Dan. Like, you know, I, I really like your point of view here. But do you find yourself? Are, are you even are you concerned about this for your own business? Okay, so. I've thought that through quite a bit. And let me let me address something that you said about Unsplash. I have a couple different communities of people that I've that I've communicated with and talked with about Unsplash. And I think the consensus seems to be this is a place where you can put your even if you even if you do 
make imagery that you're going to sell, this is a place to put kind of your seconds, uh, the stuff that you're not going to use, the stuff that clients aren't actually buying. Um, I think that that's flawed. The idea was that, is that you put it out there and that somebody is going to see it and think it's great. But the reality is the kind of people who go to Unsplash, they're not going to pay for stock photography. If they go, if they can get something free there and the quality is really high, which it is, they're not going to they're not going to pay for it. And this is this is a very similar argument that I hear professional photographers, actually I shouldn't say an argument. It's a, it's advice I hear professional photographers give um, to younger photographers who are just starting off. If you give people a cheap, if you are the cheap photographer, if you give your stuff away for free or next to free, when they are ready to pay for something, you are not the person they're going to hire. If you if you are if you come in and you do a five hundred dollar shoot that should have cost five thousand, thinking that they'll hire you when they have five thousand, well, the reality is they won't. They'll go to a photographer that they can now afford, who charges five thousand. And I think that Unsplash for me is exactly like that. When I put an image on Unsplash, I do not, I, I think it's foolish to expect that somebody's going to find you there and then you're going to get some big commercial gig out of it. And I know that there are, there are stories. There's always a story of somebody who that happened to. I think that happened right in the beginning. Um, and in fact, Unsplash had a, they had a Slack community that I was on for a little while while I was watching, but it, it just seemed like an awful lot of, I'll be, I'll, I'll just tell you, I think Unsplash to me, Putting your imagery on Unsplash, thinking that you're going to get noticed, is very similar to putting your imagery on Instagram, thinking you're going to get noticed, and that somebody's going to hire you. True, there is there are the CRISPR cards, there are the Andrew Studers, there are the you know those kinds of folks who put out beautiful imagery for free on Instagram. I shouldn't say for free; they put it on Instagram without any straight commercial direction. And then they get hired by someone to do it, a campaign. That does happen. But it's kind of like becoming a rock star. I just think that it's it's a far stretch to think that putting my stuff out there for free is going to get me hired. I think the reality is if you want to get hired, that you go out there and you solicit paid work. Not put your stuff on a free site thinking somebody's going to discover you. Man. I love it, Dan. I, I, you see that that's the kind of real talk that I, I just get jazzed when I think about. And the way that I see it is a lot of these people, these, you know, contributors to Instagram, to Unsplash, for example, they obviously are making this kind of leap, this assumption, but they, the fact that you are kind of tying or hitching your own brand to a service like that. Meaning, uh, at that kind of term, I mean, give you know, sharing the photo for free or putting it without copyright, hundred percent right. There is you obliterate your perceived value. So there's an example, and I won't go into details because it's um, uh, I don't know if it's under NDA, but let's just say that at one point there was a I worked for a company that acquired another company that had a very very successful product. And there was questions about pricing it afterwards, how to price it, whether to just give it away for free, which was the kind of the, the dominant opinion. And the argument was made not to, because when you do something like that, when you give something away for free, you obliterate perceived value. That's different than 
charging and over delivering, giving a really good service, really good customer experience, and then but charging what you think you're worth. I really feel that because this has become such a, and it's so trite to say it anymore, but such a saturated market, people feel like they have to compete with price to the point where now people like with Unsplash are competing completely gratis. Like they're, they're competing on, on hope. They're, they're using hope on, on spec the way that a traditional stock photographer, a stock photographer oftentimes will, will hire a model or do, you know, do a stock shoot on spec. They don't know necessarily that they're going to be, that their images are going to be licensed. They just have an intuition like, oh, um, well, in six months, it's going to be Halloween. So six months or I'm going to get my Halloween stuff ready. I'm going to get it up there. I'm going to get it keyworded. And hopefully, because it's been on the site longer than the newer stuff, it'll kind of rank up higher and increase my chances of, of being licensed. With Unsplash, it's like I'm using hope. I'm using hope as on spec. Like I'm putting my photos up there and I'm hoping that maybe to your point, I think you made the most lucid uh, point here is that uh, in, in this whole concept of uh, perceived value. And, and again, this is where we talk about the value of a photo when it doesn't cost anything anymore. You know, let's again with Unsplash, you're on Squarespace. When it doesn't cost anything anymore to download a, a high quality photo, and then you have a company like Squarespace who who kind of empowers that, that sends a very clear signal, not just to other companies in the same space, but to, to clients, your clients. Hey, you know, uh, why? So yeah, I mean, why should I pay? And I think that's exactly it. it it's not that let's say that I go to a local restaurant here in Portland and I'm talking to them about creating photos for, for them in their particular space. Can they get those spot, those images from Unsplash or even from Getty or from, you know, any other stock service? No. I mean, the reality is they can't, that's not, they can't just go get pictures of themselves <laughs> from a stock agency. And so they need to hire somebody like me to do that. Here's what happens though. When Squarespace by partnering with Unsplash tells them that even if you don't have a budget, we can give you free images. I am now competing with free in the minds of my clients. So even though I can't, even though they can't buy headshots of their people or they can't buy uh, images of their, of the barista making a, a latte, even though they can't buy that directly from stock agency, or even though they can't get it free from Unsplash, it devalues the in their mind what my photos are worth. And I, I think that for me, that's the subtle bit. I just, it, it, it makes me upset. And, and I, there's maybe something else to consider here. I think that a lot of the people who are getting fussy about it and saying, well, they uploaded their photos there for free. Why do you care? I don't know. I, Take this into some other place of the, you know, another another place. Let's say you set up a little cart next to a coffee shop and you make coffee and you give it away for free just to be a good guy, but you're doing it next door to a coffee shop that has employees, that pays rent, that pays for supplies, that has to pay for 
workman's comp insurance that has to pay social security has to pay. I mean, they have so many expenses and now you're giving it away for free. What you're telling people is that coffee shop is way overpriced. You can come get it for free right outside at this little cart. Now, nobody would do that. That sounds incredibly stupid. And yet that's exactly what we're facing here. Giving it away for free makes the thing that I offer seem like it has less value to my clients. And that's something I don't want to compete with. It's frustrating to me as somebody who's trying to make a living selling photography services. Beautiful. Uh, That is, I want to end that, the episode on that note, because that was that, Dan, you tied it with such a pretty bow. You're a hundred percent right. And this is exactly true. Free is not a sustainable business model. It is not a sustainable competitive strategy. You cannot do free. Nothing is free that is worth something. Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, these are not free utilities. They seem like they're free. And of course, what everyone says, if it's free, you're the product. And so unfortunately, we are in a situation where if you go to if you go to the link, the F-Stoppers article link at the show notes, uh, I linked to Zach Arias's uh, video that he did with the co-founder, Michael Cho. And he talks, Michael, he, he, you'd almost get livid when you listen to how this guy kind of fumbles through trying to explain what his strategy is, uh, like he's making it up as he goes along. So Dan, I, I mean, I think with this, we really, I, I love the points you made. I think we, we covered it very well. Uh, and so with that, while, while some things about this show have changed, other things haven't. And there is that one fateful question that I have for you, which is, what is on your gear shelf? Ha, ah, yes. Okay, so I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of knew this was happening. So I, and because I'm here in town, I actually brought my my gear shelf thing with me. My gear shelf pick is the Loom Cube, and I, I don't know how many of you guys know about what a Loom Cube is. Um, I bought it here, and I'll just this is a plug for my local camera store. I bought it from Profoto Supply here in Portland. Um, they're fantastic. You can also buy it on Loom Cube's, Loom Cube's website, and they have them on Amazon, I think. Um, the Loom Cube is this little tiny, uh, I want to say it's like about an inch and a half uh, cube that is an LED light that you can use to light up just about anything. Uh, I picked one up during the summertime, this, this, just this last year, when I was getting ready to go out and do some Milky Way photography, and I wanted to use it to be able to light, do some light painting. And it is amazing for that. You just, you just put it where you want. It has a tripod mount on it. You can, you can, uh, I put it on one of those little Manfrotto Pixie tripods and just stick it in the scene wherever I need it. It has, it's incredibly bright for how small it is. And I really like it. It's, uh, and it's kind of cool too, because it's waterproof. So you can uh, put it underwater. People have, they have kits. You can mount them onto your drone and people oh. do. Yeah. Have you, I don't know if you've seen that, but now we'll t- ask everybody to go Google because <laughs> there are all kinds of cool images of people making halos over mountains and things like that using these. Yeah. Now you're nodding your head. You've seen that before. I have seen that. <laughs> so um, there are all kinds of cool ways to use these things. And um, it's pretty handy. Also kind of fun. Um, it has a little USB port on the back to charge it. And uh, you can, I know people charge them oftentimes with like um, solar power packs out in the back country. And then when you seal it up, uh, it's waterproof again. So kind of a fun little toy. I really like them and they're not that expensive, ridiculously inexpensive for what they are. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, I heard of them and I know exactly what you're talking about with those photos. Uh, this is the first time I've seen one. And it's actually for 
you know, Dan was showing me the varying intensities of brightness and for what it, you know, the size of it, it's, it's actually really impressive. So good pick, Dan, good pick. So my pick is something that I use. It's a, it's a, it's a very versatile kind of piece of, I, I guess you can call it studio gear. I have, I'm looking at two of them right now and they're kind of, they're, they're made by Manfrotto and they're the magic arms. Uh, they're these kind of like tension arms that I use to hold my cameras in particular places. And it's so, uh, there's a, I use a Justin clamp, which is this like what sounds like just a, a clamp and the Manfrotto arm connects to it and you can manipulate the arm. It's got kind of an elbow and several joints. So the Manfrotto arm has a little ball head tripod and my camera sits on that and I can move it, uh, while I'm on my de at my desk to position my cameras so that I use them when I'm doing on camera videos or at my computer, those kinds of videos. And even when I'm uh, doing some sort of video chats or Skypes, I use Wait, that. you're not just using an eyesight camera on your uh, computer to record that stuff? No, sir, Dan. I've got three. <laughs> I'm currently at the desk. I'm flanked by three Sony cameras and uh, and they work really well. But obviously, you don't have to just use it for, for cameras, uh, although they are very strong. Like right now, one camera, one Magic Arms holding an A7R3 three with a, that's a six, uh, yeah, 1635 F 2.8 Sony. And the other one is an a nine holding a, uh, bodice 85 millimeter with a, uh, a little Atomos, uh, monitor on top. So they actually can hold uh, a decent amount. So with that, uh, Dan, where can people find you? Well, I have a few ways. Um, but the primary, uh, place to look me up. I have a, my website, which I mentioned, which is, hey, it's on Squarespace, at least for right now. <laughs> um, that's danhawkphotography.com. Uh, um, and then I'm on, I'm on the Instagrams at that same handle, danhawkphotography. And then I also have another Instagram that is my professional uh, commercial work, which is danhawkbrandphoto. And I kind of split those up because uh, they are very different kind of work. Cool. All right. Well, um, you can find me. My website is matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S-H. I'd love it if you signed up to my newsletter, which is uh, called Inbox Inspiration. There's a form right there on the landing page. And um, on all the social networks at Brian Matias, which is just B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H. Don't forget, I'll have links to uh, everywhere you can find Dan at the show notes for episode 44 at nonamephotoshow.com. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you. See you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Name Photo Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com and be sure to subscribe in whichever app you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss a beat. Let's do this again next time.